Well, I think when you think things can't get worse, they do. I turned on the TV this morning for less than a minute because I saw that our illustrious Congress is in session working to impeach our president who goes out of office in six days. That is absolute insanity. Is there nothing better for them to do with their time than this foolishness? I think the web that has been woven in our government, in our judicial system, and sometimes in, in our, the FBI and the police, it's too complicated for man to have woven it. And I really believe that we are living in a great time of, of a satanic attack. Never did I think things could get this bad. I've realized that it's been less than a year that our country changed. March will be a year. Everything is different and it's getting worse. And so what do we do? Well, if we're under a satanic attack, let's talk about Satan for a minute. Remember Satan was Lucifer, the most brilliant angel that was ever created, the brightest, the smartest, the most beautiful, and his pride got the best of him. And he said he would be God, he would be like God, and God said, I love it. He said, no, you won't, you'll get out of here. And he cast him to the earth. That's where he is. So let's go back to the first time he's mentioned and see what we can learn about this, our great enemy. Do you remember what he did with Eve? He caused her to question what God had to say. And she believed Satan because she looked and the fruit didn't look so bad. And she thought she'd be as smart as God. And so she ate it and God told her not to. And I believe that today you and I are living in a time that we better not let Satan influence our faith. We better look at what the Bible has to say and if we don't like it or we don't understand it, who cares? God is our Father. He is the creator and sustainer of the universe. And if Satan is attacking America, it's because God is allowing it. Now why would God allow it? for our good. Isn't that crazy? You see, you got to put it all together. And remember Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, we're studying the book of Ephesians. So let's go back and look at the church in Ephesus as, as it was addressed in the book of Revelation. I want to read to you what the angel of the church of Ephesus was written to, what, what God wrote to him. That's the pastor. He said, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. You can't bear them which are evil. 
and you have tried them which say they are apostles and they are not, and you have found them liars. And that sounds like a good church. That sounds like a lot of churches in America today and maybe around the world. I don't know around the world, but I do know here. They were working hard. They didn't like evil. I say in the past because most of the churches are closed. They closed their door. God is looking at us. He's not looking at the world. He's looking at you and me and the condition of our heart. And look at what he says here. You have borne and you have patience. And for my name's sake, you've labored and you haven't fainted. I still say that sounds like a good church. But then in verse 4 of Revelation chapter 2, we learn something very interesting. You know how I love the word but and if? Well, here's a new one. It's nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee. Now you would think the church that has patience and labored and hates evil and tries those that are apostles and found them not, you would think that would be a great church. But you know what was wrong with it? You have left your first love. That was the church at Ephesus. And Paul writes to this church. And what does he say to them? Let's go back to Ephesus, I mean Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8. This book is written to those of us that believe. And he said in verse 8, By grace you're saved through faith, and that out of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If you realize that once... It goes on to say, remember, in time past, you were alienated from God. You didn't know him. Sometimes when I go to sleep, I, I have Siri in my house, and I ask her to play Amazing Grace. And as I lay in my bed listening to those words, it comes to the phrase, once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. It absolutely warms my heart. And I can clearly, this was in 1964. This was a long time ago, but I can remember the experience I had sitting in my bedroom when I invited Christ to come into my life. I was blind and all of a sudden I could see. I was a lost soul struggling to survive. And suddenly I was found. All of a sudden, my heart changed. My behavior didn't change as much, but my heart did. And it took a long time for my behavior to change. God had a work to do in me and he's continuing it today. I haven't arrived. I will arrive the day my heart stops and I will be glorified and I will be in heaven. 
So what is it God wants us to do in these troubled times? I believe he wants us to love him, to realize what he's done for us, to realize that we belong to him. And we have to get our eyes off the stupid Congress, and that's what they are. And the crazy decisions being made by people in power and realize that God has allowed all this to reveal to us the true content of our heart. I was talking to a friend just this week and she's all stressed out over the situation in the world today. And I'm sure you think I'm too blunt. Maybe I am. But I said to her, you're only stressed because you your lack of faith. She was very shocked that I said that to her because she's a really great Christian lady and a good friend. Why did I say that to her? Because she is my friend. And I want her to know the truth because the truth sets you free. If you're stressed out over all the stuff that's going on, and it's going to get worse, believe me, the Bible teaches we're in for it. So what should we do? We should concentrate on who God is and what he's done for us. In verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far off are made high by the blood of Christ. We have made right by the blood of Christ. And then, don't you love verse 14? He is our peace. It's not what Donald Trump says or the way he says it. It's not how Nancy Pelosi ties her scarf. It's God who gives us peace. He has made us both one, and he's broken down the walls of petition between us. Who is he talking about? The Jews and the Gentiles? You see, Paul was a Jew. And until Paul and Stephen came along, the gospel went to the Jews. And they rejected it. And God sent Paul to the Gentiles, and he broke the walls down. The Jews, the believing Jews and the Gentiles today are one. In verse 15, it says, He abolished in the flesh the enmity. He did away with the division. Even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances to make in himself one new man, so making peace. We are in Christ. Everyone that has Christ in him is in Christ. And that he might reconcile both Jew and Gentile under God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity we're in. And he preached peace to you, which were afar off, and look at verse 18 in Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. 
Through him we have access by one spirit unto the Father. Did you know you have access unto God? I don't think I have access to President Trump. Though frankly, I have thought about trying to get in touch with him. I'd like to call him and just tell him that I pray for him. I would like to tell him that I appreciate what he's done in our country and in the world. And I want to thank him for the kindness I've seen him exhibit toward people. I want to thank him for the dear black lady from Alabama that he pardoned. I have a friend that knew her and she didn't deserve the penalty she got. And my friend said that when she went to prison for, I think 20 years or more, I don't remember, my friend was there. I got cut off on my last recording and so I'm gonna finish it. This dear lady was determined to serve the Lord in prison and Donald Trump let her out. She's a great lady. I'd like to thank him. He won't answer my call. He gets too many calls. But you see, I can thank God anytime I want to. He always answers my call. He's always there for me. And I can talk to him and I can thank him. And then as we conclude chapter two of Ephesians, now therefore you're no more stranger and foreigners your fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the buildings are framed together unto a holy temple, in whom you also are builded together for an inhabitation of God through the Spirit. So I wanna, I hope I can add this to my last message. I wanna encourage you, don't be discouraged. You have access to God the Father and we have the privilege of believing His Word. He's in control and what He's doing is for our good. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.